0: Hi, my name is Chris, and thank you for returning to this episode of The Stellar Spark Show. So, as promised, here is the new episode that was postponed yesterday as a result of Blackout Tuesday, which was the media's effort to acknowledge George Floyd and his memory. So, today I want to speak about a few issues um, I haven't spoken on this matter on the show so I'm going to try and talk about it here today and summarize it for you and then offer my comments and any insight that I do have uh, that's provided to me by the media So I'm going to discuss that I'm also going to be discussing President Trump's response as well as the you know local and state government response to, the death of George Floyd and the subsequent protests, and then I'll also be talking about the coronavirus, and, it, and the implications of the protesting on uh, how that how we how it's predicted to affect the coronavirus crisis. So, firstly, I want to start off by saying that. Uh, th- this is totally opinionated on my part, but I was pretty devastated by what I saw uh, transpire in Minneapolis on May 25th. I, I didn't actually see the, the photo of it until a few days after that. But as we all know that George Floyd was a 46-year-old unarmed black man uh, in the neighborhood Uh, Minneapolis, and I mean, we all know the act was clearly an act of racial profiling uh, because the white officer, Derek Chauvin, apparently knew Floyd before uh, this interaction, and some new details are coming out about that. So, if Chauvin knew Floyd before the before this incident, uh, we, we're not sure what have gone on, might have gone on before that, and what led to this encounter. Uh, maybe it was just an excuse for I'm just pointing this out for Chauvin to just approach Mr. Floyd and uh, directly result in his death. But what we do know is that. It caused a lot of substantial unrest uh, across the nation uh, due to this altercate due to this encounter with, with George Floyd and that we've been seeing this in the media also in other parts of the country such as down in Georgia uh, and various other places. But the, the message remains the same that this is a systemic racism problem. Uh, that must be addressed by our institutions at the societal level. Often, too often, this issue is swept under the rug uh, in favor of other issues, or just not a priority at the, at the moment. But it should be a priority now. Uh, after many ra- around this country have spoken and they made their voices heard, voices heard in a peaceful manner as well as a not so peaceful manner. I think that something should be done about this, in my opinion, to counteract this epidemic uh, in our institutions. Because as we know that even even though there is equality under the law built into our constitution and built into the amendments and everything we stand for in this land, it has to be made a reality by rooting out this injustice from its core. And so another another issue is this, that, I mean, this isn't all police officers, but some police officers feel that they're above the law. And, and in this case, Derek Chauvin uh, did this, and I'm not too sure myself, if he knew what the implications of that were going to be afterwards, but clearly he did what he did. And, but there's a sentiment that goes on that police officers are above the law and they could use their power in any way that they want. And that nothing's going to happen due to that. There are going to be no repercussions for it, that they could just get away with anything. And, and that has to be broken as well, because we place police in high regard, and they have a specific duty to protect us and our communities and to safeguard our possessions, as well as our freedoms. And in this case, in, in the case of this officer, he undermined George Floyd's freedom and civil rights because he was going about his business. Uh, whether or not there was a crime committed, he didn't deserve death in a circumstance. Uh, it just was unwarranted. It was uncalled for. And it was the use of excessive force, which brings me to this next point, that police departments across this country have to really take a, an evaluation of the tactics that they use in detaining suspects and and also restraining suspects as well because some of these... Techniques such as in the in the case of the the um, Minneapolis Police Department, I was hearing in the in the news in the media that the technique used on George Floyd was an acceptable and safe technique used all the time in the Minneapolis Police Department, and I just couldn't disagree further with that with that technique. Basically, the kneeling restraint on a suspect. I mean, that is so dangerous to even fathom. I mean, we saw it here in this case, and I just think that that shouldn't be allowed and that police departments should take a closer look at that. So that would be a reform in itself, but then there has to be more reforms than that, more than just policing. It has to be in my view, at the federal level, uh, that Congress and the president should address this, and I'm sure that they could do this on a bipartisan basis to address this injustice, uh, and especially if there are a time like this in our nation with the riots and the widespread violence that's been taking place in a lot of major cities across the country that people are just tired of the same and the status quo that's been going on for a long time. And if we look at the history of these things throughout the nation, excuse me, if we look at the nation's history on racial issues, I mean, it has an extensive one and has some really abhorrent court decisions. That fomented this racial division in our society. So, an example of that would be the Plessy versus Ferguson case, uh, which was m- about separate but equal, uh, and it basically justified segregation. And that lasted for about roughly 50 years until the Brown versus Board of Education case, uh, where that things began to change in a more positive direction in terms of the segregation. But I remember studying this, that after the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968, I mean, obviously before that, the Civil Rights Act of 1965 was passed. But after Dr. King was assassinated, the, these riots, such as like what's going on right now, spread throughout the U.S. And it got major legislation enacted on this. And I, I do hope that in this situation that it's going to cause that same type of change that is desperately needed and warranted for our communities to f- feel that they could go outside about and do their business, go about their business, and don't feel threatened by police or anyone else because of their the race, nationality, or the color of their skin. I mean, we live in 21st century America, and it's indisputable that racism is a wrong, and it's an injustice that must be corrected in, in our civilized nation. And I have faith in our leaders that they will take this type of action to ensure that this won't continue. And that's an important part to have faith in our institutions that they will better themselves. It might take some time, but we can do all we can now to advocate and make sure our positions and our views are heard, and that's what they should do in the and that's what they were doing in the peaceful protests. But then you had some of these radical left groups come in and disturb the peaceful protests or when the police fire their rubber bullets into the crowd and it made the crowd go violent, turn into a violent protest that that kind of didn't help the memory of George Floyd whatsoever. Uh, those groups were causing destruction and. Rampant destruction and uh, not helping the cause, but I mean, this these are groups that have been oppressed for a long time, and this is the way that they're expressing themselves. And everyone has a right to the to assemble and protest in the First Amendment, and that right's protected by the Constitution. So. Doing it through, th- through those channels is very effective, and I think it will advance the dialogue and bring that forward into the future. And my heart goes out to Mr. Floyd's family and the communities across the country right now that are experiencing the strife and unrest and that healing will have to take place at some point in the future and hopefully soon. So that was the first part of what I wanted to say, but also now moving into the response by the federal government of of the rioting and the looting, et cetera, the lawlessness that was transpiring over the weekend. So President Trump made a statement about this, and he he was fervent about being the law and order candidate uh, once again. And if we look at just as a parallel from an electoral standpoint, if we look at 1968 with incumbent president, uh, actually he wasn't incumbent president yet, but presidential candidate because Richard Nixon ran twice. So in 1968, presidential candidate Richard Nixon advocated for a law and order stance after uh, many people were against the Vietnam War and uh, after the, the uh, race riots happened, uh, President Kennedy, Richard Nixon, really advocated for that type of stance and it, it worked well in his favor. And if the, if the precedent is any indication here that it should help President Trump if, the, if these riots calm down, which they're starting to do, But President Trump made a speech and then he proceeded to walk across the street to a church where many presidents were inaugurated and he decided to use it for a photo opportunity. So, I mean, it kind of sent the wrong message to a lot of people. I understood what he was trying to do by showing strength by walking across that street. But once once he uh, used these means to disperse the protesters, uh, he received a lot of criticism for that, for dispersing the protesters there. So it remains to be seen what his long-term strategy is going to be on this issue. Uh, he sh- he showed that he supported... Uh, preserving the memory of George Floyd, but he hasn't done anything constructive yet in terms of legislation to advocate for the legislation to be passed or to start these conversations. And meanwhile, presidential candidate Joe Biden was in Philadelphia the other day, uh, speaking to city leaders about the, about George Floyd and what's transpiring right now. Joe Biden has to make his case to the American people that he's fit to he's fit and ready to lead this country, um, despite his past votes and other stances that he has. So he has to convince that community to support him, irrespective of my own opinion, which um, I do have on Joe Biden, as you know from my channel. But other than that, other than the, the riots and the protests happening, a lot, of, uh, a lot of people are expressing concern about the lack of social distancing that's going on during these protests. And that it actually, there's concerns that it actually might accelerate the rate of transmission. I mean, if you have a lot of people standing close together, side by side and not standing six feet away there's more it's more than likely that the rate of transmission will spread a little bit faster it'll accelerate the rate of transmission and I'm not a medical expert on this but I would think that if you're standing close to a lot of other people that it's more likely the disease is going to spread I mean I I think that's common sense but, as far as the actual transmission, I'm not a method. I'm not a uh, an expert in that. So but there are concerns about that, and it, it may delay it may actually de- either delay or make the reopening process a little bit more difficult and complex. And also today in today's news this morning, Dr. Fauci said that by early 2021, there may be a coronavirus vaccine and he wasn't sure of how effective that would be in totally preventing the disease. I mean, as we know that a vaccine is a a good measure, but it's not foolproof. Um, it's not perfect, but it's a start. It's a step in the right direction. A vaccine uh, and, the, and the development trials to get there. So there may be hope out there that this, soon, this crisis will soon end. And as for the justice for George Floyd, uh, it hopefully will come sooner rather than later as the voices of Americans across this nation are being heard. So that is what I wanted to speak on today. And I made sure to observe yesterday, uh, and join with the rest of the media in giving the time to the communities to express their concerns and their frustrations about this, about this issue, and to stay off the air. But today I'm glad to be back. And glad to be having this conversation uh, about what I know, but I know that sometimes it's more important to listen than it is to talk. So that's what I did yesterday. But I hope you all stay safe and stay well. And I'm going to leave it there for now and keep following the channel. Uh, I will have some new uploads for the channel as well as the podcast very soon. And I'm still uploading once a week. So be sure to tune in once weekly, but I'm going to leave it there. My name is Chris. I'm host of the Stellar Spark Show, signing off. Thanks for listening.